Hey everyone, welcome back to Strength and Vulnerability. Um, very blessed to have uh, this amazing guest on today, uh, good friend Justin, who is actually the first guest I've had on that I didn't meet in Tulum. Um, I met this guy at a really cool festival in Miami, and um, my first experience with him was just kind of guiding a kind of a tantra massage um, with a group session, and then I got to connect with him after that, and connect with him even more throughout the um, throughout the festival there. And I was really blessed to, to really drop in with him and just to be able to share uh, my heart, my vulnerability with the relationship that I was in, and just felt how he held space and. You know, just showed the love to both of us in such a, a beautiful, authentic way. Um, and so, yeah, he's he's a tantric love master and coach. He's building an epic um, retreat center in Costa Rica, uh, which greatly looking forward to to going to some retreats there, and uh, maybe this year or next. And yeah, thanks for jumping on, Justin. Man, how are you, bro? Thank you, Andrew. Um, doing great. Thanks for that beautiful intro. Oh, yeah, things are pretty good. I mean, the world's kind of crazy right now, and it's uh, important to keep um, kind of stay present and connected and breathe. <laughs> but yeah, I think I'm doing well, all things considered. Yeah, I, I love I love that you 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 said breathe, um, just because of my recent journey, just in the last uh, last week here in Tulum, um, had some <clears throat> excuse me, had some like amazing. Uh, ceremonies and uh, yeah basically you know ceremonies with a breath and just super psychedelic and trippy experiences um so the word breath to me has gone to a whole a whole nother depth now and uh yeah yeah so I, I do a lot of work with breathing it's a huge part of tantra and especially important during tantra massages but actually you know i've done dmt breathing and i've done holotropic breathing and uh, halotropic breathing was actually what got me into Tantra because I was lost in my life at the time. And um, I had just kind of had my spiritual awakening and started to like really believe in energy and, you know, all the things that the spiritual world talks about when I was really in the completely like practical business world, corporate kind of bro. And um, breathwork was the thing that showed me that this there is real emotions moving through my body and that I really get to like release them through the body, not just through my mind. And when I did breath work, I was like, holy crap, like everything was moving. I was tingling, my hands clamped up and I was like, you know, lobster claws, it's called tetany. I like, I did all the research and the science because I was like, this is crazy. Like, how is this possible? And I started crying just from breathing. And, you know, personally, I love plant medicine. I love all these different things we use as tools to different portals. But to me, when I'm laying there and just breathing and I could feel this wave of energy and emotions and like my truths start to bubble up and my truths came up so fiercely in these breathwork sessions that I realized like I need to leave my job and I need to live my life in my true bliss and passion and take all the risks I need to take. And it was because of that in one session where I was really working with a one-on-one -on -one breath worker, breath worker uh, coach. And he was kind of asking me questions while I was going through it. And one of them was like, what do you, what do you enjoy? What do you want to do with your life? And we went through a whole series of questions to get me to the point where it was Tantra. Like I want to offer Tantra massages. I want to help people heal and I want to be hands-on and I don't want to be staring at a screen all day long. Um, I want to be my own boss. I want to make limitless amounts of money. And all of these things came through because 
I was breathing and through that breath, you know, you're, you're present, right? If you're focused on your breath, you have to be present in a way. It's always happening in the present moment, the in, the out, and to actually be so present to breathing deep into your belly or breathing consistently with halotropic breathing, it's connecting the inhale and the exhale. And it just opened up so many doors for me. So I, I thank breath for, for life, but now for like my second life, my true life, I feel like my spiritual awakening and this conscious life that I now live. Yeah, it's thank you for sharing that, bro. Thank you for, for dropping into that and, and, and sharing. It's it's beautiful, beautiful journey. Um, and my teacher, she says that, well, I don't think it's her quote, but she got it from one of her teachers, but the capacity for your breath is the capacity for you to love yourself. And it's in those moments that you're talking about where you're just so present and there's just so much bliss is spreading through your body. And it's this like energy of self-love that just keeps pushing you into feeling those emotions. And then you're like resisting, you're like, okay, I think I've had enough. And, and then it's like this, then this kind of love just kind of comes over you. It's like, there's, there's more, there's, there's more to release. There's more to, to feel. And then you just, you know, go through it again. And it's like these, you know, climactic experiences. Um, and it's, it, it's like, this is the, the way that we connect this intimate depth within ourself which allows us to share that same intimacy and depth and, and others. And I'm sure you're, you know, very one to speak on that with, with your work. Um, and so you, you said that the breath work was kind of the, the first thing that got you into kind of the spiritual side of things. And was it the same session that you started, that you knew you had, um, or did you know you wanted to move into Tantra or did that kind of come later in, in later sessions or how did that evolve? I would say, uh, so the first thing that got me into the spiritual realm, my spiritual awakening was a training here in Florida called gratitude training. It was very similar to like landmark. It was a large group awareness, transformational training. And that's what I personally needed because again, I was coming from like a very practical, like seeing is believing, prove it to me kind of scientific analytical life. Right. So I would not have responded very well to like a guru with a turban sitting there and like just you know, saying random things that were like spiritual and esoteric, it would have never worked for me. So when I came to this training, it was like, a, you know, a businessman in a suit, a Jewish guy from Long Island is like, you know, stands up there and is just like training you and teaching you about how you're showing up in the world. And like, was like calling out all the people that were late for the, for the meeting and be like, is this how you show up in your life? What are you committed to? And I was like, oh yeah, like, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> but within all of that kind of more like, matter of fact, tough love was all the spiritual teachings layered within it. So for me, it was like this practical training, again, similar to like a landmark um, that had me open my eyes, but it was the, then that got led me to breath work. Cause then I'm like, all right, fine. I'll try this breathing thing. Everyone's talking about. And it was in that, that I actually experienced the possibilities of my own energy and emotions and my power started to flow. And I, I unclenched my whole body finally. Right. And I wasn't able to blame it on anything else. You know, you go on a mushroom journey or any plant medicine, like, you know, that's the guide, right? That's showing you. But when I'm just breathing, I'm like, whoa, I'm having a psychedelic experience. My chest is tingling. I feel my heart opening and it's just my breath. There's nothing else. So for me, that was what I needed. I needed to know that this was true. It was in me. And I couldn't say that this is from something else. Um, so that's what like opened the doors to me. And it was multiple breathwork sessions. I had done group sessions. I done a, I did a, a breathwork session with like a hundred men in one room. It was like a huge brotherhood thing. And that was super powerful. 
but it was my one-on-one sessions. And this was probably, I don't know, six or seventh session I did one-on-one where I, I had realized I always come with an intention to the breath. And I realized like, I need to figure out my purpose. What is my purpose in this world? What should I be doing to spend my time? And how do I like get out of this world that I kind of created for myself by listening to everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. I was trying to always get ahead and make, you know, get a good job to make a lot of money, you know, like to look good from what the society kind of said was success or happiness. And it was that during this awakening time that I was like, wait a second, I'm not living my life for me. And breath work actually, at least halotropic breathing actually helps to dull the parts of you, you know, kind of the ego really that, that puts up all the obstacles around why I couldn't do something and why I have to stay safe. So when you're in a really great halotropic breathing, you those kind of fade away. So all my obstacles, I'm like, why couldn't I do Tantra just like disappeared, right? Like, oh, what would people think? Or how will you make money? Or like, oh, you'll never get to go, go back to the corporate world if you do this weird Tantra thing, right? They just faded away. I was like, I don't care. You know, my family loves me no matter what I do. And they just want me to be happy. And I, I of course, I can make a ton of money doing what I want to do. I'll always be abundant. And, you know, when you're not in that state, there's a lot of things that'll keep you where you are, but through the breath and through breath work and through a a bunch of other things I started doing, it opened up these doors and I stepped through them and that changed my entire life. It's, it's some, it's amazing stuff. And yeah, I I agree with you, you know, all all the way as far as what you said about, um, yeah, just all of it, but specifically the the plant medicine and, and having, you know, only the breath to, to look at. And it's, you know, you're truly looking at yourself in the most intimate way. It's uh, powerful stuff. And I'm, I'm still literally now grounding in from the experience that we had last night. Um, they, they have this, this group that does uh, what's called a light portal ceremony here in Tulum. They do it every Wednesday at Holistica. Um, and it's starts out with like some movement and breath. There's like a sound journey the entire time. It's a three hour, three hour session. And they go through, um, they have like different body workers going around that all have like their different technique. Um, and it's, it's super amazing. So they, they, once everyone gets into that trance state and they're going through and they're literally like scraping through all of the, the, the muscles and, and the joints. And they're like finding this, this woman can like, she can see into the, the kind of the ethereal energy realm or energy, you know, energy realm, I guess it's the best way to put it. But, and she can see these, you know, can see all, all the energy and she can go in and kind of just move all the stagnant and stored, um, you know, stuff that's in your body and in your joints and your muscles. And, um, this other guy comes through and he like digs, starts digging down into, into all your intestines and he starts scooping, you know, all the energy up from your, all the way from your hip, you know, and he guides it all the way up to the chest and all the way up into the neck. And he like, you know, pulls it out of the chin and, and he's just like dissolving it. And you can just feel the energy just come out and, you know, you can literally like feel them pulling cords out of you. It's, it's so wild. And it had this uh, special uh, a guy that was a special guest last night. It goes around and speaks and like, I don't know how the viewers are going to receive this, but he goes around and speaks in like light codes. And, you know, he's like, and I was a little more, he was the last one to kind of come around. So I was a little more conscious uh, when he came, uh, came over to me. But just him sitting there speaking in, in these light, in this light language, I can literally feel the energy just, you know, moving through my body and, and the different dialects that he would use or different tones he would use and the energy would just kind of like pull out of me and leave. And it was, it was, it was epic. And then they finished with this, they have this, like um, this light that, that we all kind of come into the center 
and they like blast us for like 20 minutes with this just like strobing light it's you know i don't i don't know the science behind it but they said it's like the most advanced um type of light therapy that exists in the world today so this light's going and then this guy's playing this gong and oh my dude it's it's so like cosmically freaking orgasmic and and everything oh, it's, i love that i love that they do so many different modalities in one because like you know some things i'll be honest like i'm not the kind of person that goes to every single thing it's like oh my god it was amazing it was mind-blowing you know some things just don't work and like i'm very mm -hmm. you know honest about that and when you could go to something where you're having sound healing and energy work and body work and you know breath work and all of that it's like all right like you're really getting it all. You know, I, like I, I had a Tantra session once where someone was speaking in light language and like, it was early on in my, my kind of journey. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like, this sounds like some mumbo jumbo. And now I'm like, well, you know what? Like, I don't know. I'm open to receiving whatever healing and, and, you know, expansions available with this. So it also depends where you're at. So to be able to experience all of that in one, I mean, that's what I am going to be creating with my retreats and workshops and the things that I do is I want to, I want people to understand from a practical sense, from the mind of like what we're doing, why we're doing, what's the science behind it, as well as from a spiritual sense and feel into what works, whether it's, you know, breath work, doing plant medicine work, obviously the tantra work and tantra massage work um also like bringing in bdsm which can be very healing so i like to bring in different modalities and have people experience it and go okay i'll try these all on and i'll see what works and what fits me and what doesn't just give it back it's fine let it go so um i i think that's a great event i would love to attend something like that um i, I don't know like sometimes i go to events and i'm just like all right like what else is there? Like, I need some mm -hmm. more texture and richness to what's going on uh, in these healing works. Um, and the more you can put in there to me, the more I get to play with. So I enjoy that stuff a lot. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's powerful. And it's really well orchestrated, just the way that they, they have it and the, and the you know, the, the, the way that they guide you through the journey. Um, and there's so much here in Tulum, like there's, there's, there's something, you know, every single day, you know, you could you could literally spend you know 24 7 just going to different you know healing events here um and it, and it's, it's interesting I, I run into people here that come here you know kind of for the healing and the spirituality but all they get sucked into is, is the partying and the, they go down to the beach the, the beach road and they're, they're in the clubs and the bars and it's like it's you know and i actually got pulled back into that um a little bit the other night when i was hanging out with someone and just you can really quickly see that just feel the different energies that that are that exist here it's you know it's a vortex we have like both ends of the, the spectrum um but yeah there's there's so many different uh things that you can go to so to be able to go to one that's very intentional has really you know solid people that are that are leading in and you know and it's not you know about the money or about the um about the recognition or about having the coolest event or anything like that it's you know the very pure and, and intentional and so deep man it's it's like it's just it's another world i mean it's the 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 breath work like the 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 other breath works that i've done you know they bring you to that 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 holotropic you know that that state of, of that bliss and that you were describing earlier where you know your hands are like clammed up and, and then to have someone come around and you, you you can feel this energy you know stored in you and then to have someone come around and like start to move that you know and and it's just like it's it's so trippy dude like it's it's, a, it's the most the most amazing experience that I've ever had. Um, of course, I keep saying that, but I feel like I've had two of those in the last week. 
It's a portal over there. I haven't been to Tulum and I think part of it is because I'm nervous about the whole dark energy and the partying and like just going into that instead of having the, you know, but now I know so many people living there like you and a few other friends. I got a few friends from New York that are staying there for a month or two. And like, I'm like, oh, I'll be there in all the beautiful love and light healing. And yeah, maybe I'll dip into a club of once, but I'm not going to get sucked into that. But I need to make it down there. It's just there's just so much energy and beautiful energy there. You know, there's a few places I've been in my life where I'm like, whoa, this is like an energy center. There's something happening here. Babood in Bali was one of them. And like, if it wasn't so far, I'd be living there. Um, the pyramids in 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 Cairo and a lot of all the temples in Egypt, there's some special energy there. Tulum is another place where I hear, you know, it's a, it's could be very heavy. You could get sucked in. Copenhagen in um, Thailand is another place. They call it Tantra Island. And it's like, I got sucked into a portal there. I was supposed to be there for five days. I ended up there for like three weeks and I was on a trip where I was just going everywhere. Uh, and then I think Costa Rica has, has some of that. It's a very pure, energy as well um of kind of really pachamama energy so um yeah i gotta get to tulum i gotta visit you um but yeah what so so i i feel like we should talk about vulnerability right like and this is something i work a lot with and um a lot of my clients are constantly having issues around it as well as friends right so people typically don't know what vulnerability is and that's the first problem like we think it's weakness or we think it's like you know, it, it is weak to be vulnerable. And in reality, the root word of vulnerability uh, comes from Latin. And what it really means is to show your wound, right? To actually be able to say like, here's a part of me that's hurt, injured, a weakness, whatever you want to call it, and be able to show it and share it with someone. And a lot of us think like that's very difficult. And, you know, we make up stories around that. But in reality, to be able to say to someone like, hey, I have an insecurity around X, Y, Z, or hey, I feel like um, I'm feeling a little uh, jealous right now because of this, or hey, when I was younger, this happened to me and it still affects me. That's the kind of stuff that actually creates intimacy. That's actually how you get closer to someone. And all everyone, every client I've ever had who has issues around intimacy also has issues in the bedroom, right? And all of that goes back to two things, vulnerability and communication. You can only get as intimate and close with someone as well as you are communicating with them openly and freely and as well as you are being and sharing vulnerably with them. Um, that's, that's just it. You know, the more I can say to someone, I trust you that you're not going to pour salt in my wounds. And instead, I trust that you're going to either just be there and listen or help me heal this wound or this trauma or this pain or this, you know, insecurity you're gonna step into a whole nother realm with that individual. And that could be a friend, it could be a partner, it could be a parent. So I urge everyone to take this step to first figure out like, where are your vulnerabilities? Like, where are you feeling tender? And then step into like, how can I share that and communicate that? And I've come up with different ways to help people with that. Uh, one of which is to just, how do you have a vulnerable conversation, right? First is to take the step of saying, are you willing and open to have a vulnerable conversation with me? Ask someone's permission. It may not be the right time. It may not be the right place. They may not be in the right headspace to have a serious conversation where they're holding space for you. So that's number one. Then to also let them know like, hey, I'm going to share vulnerably. This is something I don't tell a lot of people, or maybe I've never told someone, or it's something that I need support with. Uh, and then to go into how could they support you? And maybe it's just, I'm going to share this with you. Is it tough for me just to say it? 
can you please just listen and not say anything? Or I would love for you to respond or whatever it is that you want to have happen through that experience. And then lastly, what is the aftercare you might need? Just like in the world of BDSM, you don't just like spank someone and do impact play and do all these things and say like, see you later. You have aftercare, you hold them. Maybe you rub the, the area that you were having impact on and whatever's going on. Maybe you say beautiful things to them and, and affirmations. So same thing with after showing your wound, you don't wanna just like throw someone down the street. They may say, hey, I would love for us to cuddle after we have this conversation. Or maybe um, if you're open to sharing something vulnerable from your life, you don't have to, but I'd love to hear that as well. So there's a whole steps you can take to create this container of a vulnerable conversation. And trust me, first of all, if, if someone takes that the wrong way or like doesn't want to be a part of the vulnerable conversation or doesn't or, or reacts like negatively and says anything negative or does pour salt on the wounds, that's not a person to have in your life. It's that simple, right? Like they may not be ready for that kind of stuff, but maybe they need to be out of your life or, or they will vibrate out of your space if you start sharing vulnerably. Um, but if they are someone who re receives you, you're going to get a lot closer and you're going to be able to create intimacy, whether that's in a platonic way or in a more uh, intimate, sensual way as well. I love that. That's super powerful. Um, what do you what do you think is the what do you feel like as far as once when, when someone breaks into that part of themselves and starts sharing, you know, vulnerably with others like how does that, and maybe this is subjective, but how do you, you normally see that affecting, um, affecting the relationships or affecting themselves and the way they view themselves? Uh, I think it, first of all, it's about self-acceptance, right? And, and, you know, my definitions of Tantra really lead into what you're asking is you, you come into self-love and self-acceptance, and that's really what Tantra is. So to be, to be able to honor yourself and who you are to love yourself exactly as you are, to be able to say, hey, this is going on with me instead of what most people do, which is push it down, hide it, you know, whatever. And then it always comes back up, right? There's going to be a blow up of something that you're hiding or not wanting to share with the world. My role is be unapologetically authentic and it will create ease in your life when you share vulnerably. So that's one thing, you know, that's what I would say personally, what would happen um, to the individual and then to others to be able to share in that way. First of all, it inspires others, right? Suddenly that person who's been like holding all their stuff in, here's you sharing vulnerably. And they're like, oof, like I know that this was tough and difficult, but look how that person came through and how they communicated clearly with me. And like, I can do this. Um, so it really can create a lot of healing in the world and as, and as well, like intimacy. Um, I would want people, I, I love to know everything I can about people in my life right? Anything you're willing to share, I want to know. And if there's things you're not willing to share, I'd even want to know that you're not willing to share something with me. You don't have to tell me what it is and why you're not willing to share it with me, right? Do you not trust me? Is there a way we can work on that? Is it just something you are not ready to share and heal? That's okay too. But to really get a good idea of every of someone's entire personality, their persona, their history, um, that's intimacy right that's where you can really build a foundation off of and i think a lot of couples get into relationships without that and it's kind of a foundation that's already crumbling a little bit or not strong enough to hold what they want to have in a relationship so you can get in a lot of trouble um not being vulnerable not communicating properly um right from the the get-go yeah yeah definitely um i've seen that in you know, multiple relationships uh, that I've been around and also, also my own. Um, and yeah, even 
even going through the vulnerability with other, you know, in, in relationships with others, uh, it's, a, it's, it's amazing how it drops you into your own self and allows you to even just feel yourself more. Um, and, and I feel like that's where for a lot of people that, you know, and maybe this is my own judgment, but for a lot of people that I don't see being super vulnerable, um, this comes with, it comes from what I see, it comes down to like them not being honest with themselves and not really recognizing, um, or maybe they recognize it, but they're not willing to point to it and they're not willing to even communicate it with themselves. That, oh, this is something that, you know, is a wound in me or something that I, you know, I'm fearful of, um, but they just kind of like almost act like there's nothing, nothing wrong. Um, so I'm curious what, what you would say to say to someone like that, that maybe is, is just scared of even feeling their own vulnerability and, and, and being with that they can't even think to communicate it with someone else because they're not even being honest with themselves. Is there kind of a process that you, you would suggest or recommend for someone that's it's not even to that place to communicate something? Yeah. I mean, first I'd say you're not alone. Like, right. The majority of people have that experience of not wanting to share certain things. And it, a lot of it comes from the family, right? You grow up and it's like, oh, this stays in the family, or we don't talk about these things outside or never show your weakness or be strong or, you know, be a man and that kind of stuff. And it's kind of like our conditioning, right? Because as children, as babies, we want to share everything. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I need this. I need that. We're, we're like crying when we're upset. We're, we're moving our emotions. We're actually like perfect human beings. And then all the conditioning happens, right? So now we're trained to actually not want to be vulnerable because that may show up as weakness or it's difficult to do it. Or you've seen your parents like just hold it all in. And most of the time, our role models are not actually great role models. And we need to come into awareness about that and say, is this how I want to end up, right? I don't take advice from people that aren't living in integrity and in a really way that like I'm inspired by right? I'll listen to them and I'll hold space and whatever, but I'm not going to follow that path. But that's because now I'm conscious and, you know, that wasn't always the case. But to be able to really be aware of how am I being with my trauma, my conditioning, my vulnerability, am I constantly avoiding it? The thing is, is you're going to see it by the results in your life. If you don't have a super close loving relationship that, and you want one, if you don't have an amazing, passionate, blissful sex life and you want one, um, clearly there's something going on and typically it will be around holding things in, not communicating and vulnerability. So come into your truth around that. And one way to do that is to do a breathwork session. Like wh why not transition right back into that, which is to create an intention and, and of like, I want to feel what is, what am I holding within? You know, what is it that I'm pushing down and I want to let it out. That's my intention. And now breathe and see what comes up. Cause I promise you, that when you don't try to figure it out, when you just say, this is my intention, I'm going to let it go and I'm going to breathe. It'll come up. You're, you will be getting downloads. Your truths will come up because again, the science behind it is your prefrontal cortex, which is self-identity, which is really the ego actually kind of gets shut down a little bit while you're doing this breath because your blood is being alkalized and all this oxygen is coming in. And this is why you feel kind of trippy. It's almost close to hyperventilating. You could hyperventilate if you don't breathe properly or have someone you know trained showing you what to do. But really that gives you this moment of awareness that could say like, oh, wow, I've been hiding that I felt abandoned you know, by my father who left me and um, it's showing up everywhere in my life, you know, uh, relationships, someone leaves the room and I get like tense in my body. 
now it's like, okay, so now I know that this is it. And now how, how do I work with it? Well, tell people around you um, about your experience and how they can support you. Maybe it's something that you want to get therapy or help for. Uh, as a tantric practitioner, I work with people all the time um, who are, they, they apologize for crying. Like I, literally we're, we're talking and they're coming to me for in a way like coaching and therapy, right? And then they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't think I was going to cry. I don't want to cry. And there's this, this hiding of it. And it's like you get to practice being messy and really like letting that the tears roll down, forget the tissues, you know, get snotty and like it's OK to be messy. And that's the part that I know I want to see in a partner. I want to see they're messy. I want to see what happens when they totally just collapse, because if I can see that, I know how I could figure out how to support them or ask them how I can support them. And I could see all aspects like, don't you want to have a partner or a friend or a parent who you can actually share and see all aspects of them that's closeness and that's what intimacy is and you know it's up to you if you want to live a life of i'm going to be vulnerable and share of course in appropriate times you know what's who is the person that's like vulnerable everywhere all the time over sharing that's like the messy person that no one wants to be around because they're not um, balancing it right there's a balance and an understanding of hey is it this is a good time to have this conversation probably not in the middle of the office in a meeting right but there's times to to do have the, to, to have these conversations and I can't urge people enough like it's okay to cry it's okay to let your emotions come out and it's okay to share areas that you're not comfortable with within yourself yeah absolutely it's definitely definitely a powerful thing to to, to communicate that um, and I love that you before you even you know before you even started explaining the first thing you said was that you know people are not alone in that and then you're also when you talks about you know sharing with others a minute ago you asked you know the first thing is to ask for consent to be able to even share and drop into that vulnerable space because um, I, I noticed myself you know people coming to me and you know just dropping things on me and wanting to conversate whether it's you know family or friends and um 90 of the time I, I don't mind and, I, and i'm available but there's you know there's sometimes i'm just like not in, in that space and and i know they don't really you know have that understanding of even just asking hey can you know i talk about this you know with you for a minute um but yeah, that's that's super powerful, and it also sets the container too to make sure that you're heard and that um, you know that they're in the right space to even hear you and, and the vulnerableness. Because if, if they don't hear you and if they're not in that space, it could you know trigger you or it could deepen that wound that oh I'm being intimate, I'm trying to open up to my friend or my lover or my my um, whoever, and they're not they're not hearing me, and so now I must not be enough or I must be doing this wrong or you know kind of I'm sure it could can deepen that. Um, could deepen that trauma and not be the, the, you know, the best thing. Yeah. It's a lose, lose. If you don't ask someone, you know, like, cause you, you go in thinking, okay, I'm finally going to share this vulnerable thing. They're in the middle of something. They're not, they've been pre preparing for this. They're not like in that space as you, I mean, I could be like really focused on work or something. And all of a sudden someone just, just sits down and starts sharing vulnerably. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I'm like in the middle of something. Can we do this later? And then that person might feel rejected and like, I'm never going to be vulnerable again and shut down. Whereas another scenario could be, hey, are you willing and open at this time and in good headspace to have a vulnerable conversation with me? I want to share something I've been holding in for a while or whatever it is. And I might say, oh, my God, absolutely. Yeah, I'm here. How can I support you? Or I might say, oh, wow, that sounds really important. And I'm also in the middle of something right now. I would love to do that. How would like one hour from now be? Or I might just say, I'm honestly, I'm not in the space to have that kind of conversation. Is there someone else you can talk to? And like, all of those answers can be met with, 
Thank you for taking care of yourself. I totally understand. Rather than, oh, oh no, see, why should I be vulnerable? Or, oh, they're rejecting me. Oh, I feel abandoned again, right? We always want to um, honor anyone else taking care of themselves and, and meeting their boundaries, right? And it's okay to have a boundary of, I'm not open to having a conversation right now. That is totally okay. And we get to normalize that because people just throwing their vulnerable conversations or throwing their uh, wants and needs and sometimes attachment and codependency on you is not okay unless you're you know, uh, um, available for it. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's with anything, you know, it's, it's just any, the shit that's going on in the world. Like, you know, sometimes I don't, I don't want to have that conversation and, you know, for depending on someone's state of consciousness, sometimes that's all they're thinking about. Um, and, you know, whether it's their personal stuff or their, their, you know, their, their, their vulnerability, their emotions. Um, but yeah. And, and I, and I feel that, you know, obviously the, the title of the podcast, you know, strength and vulnerability is, you know, it's a, it's it's definitely a container for you know this type of conversation and hopefully the intention is to inspire others to to see that we're all the same you know my intro set you know starts out with or, or ends with with in in these vulnerable places where we all see that we all have these similar similarities like we can find the strength and the oneness because it's not so much the the light work and like the oh we're all from you know the, the same cosmos and same source energy and like this blissful you know spiritual esoteric type of understanding yeah there's truth and i i fully believe that but there's also the shadow side and the human side of things that we're also the same you know we also have the same organs and the same you know body types and you know we live on the same earth and we have the same experiences and our emotions are stored in the, in the, in the same way um and i i feel that and you know, the, the more that we can connect and you know see these vulnerable parts of ourselves the more that we can find a lot of strength in, in that um and i'm curious this kind of this question came up to me I, I haven't even asked normal any of the normal questions that i ask i've just been letting this episode flow organically and, and i love it um and you know i deal with you know i deal with a lot of you know money consciousness around you know crypto and 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 trading and things like that i know we were also you know speaking about crypto before we started recording um, i'm curious how how you see the relation between um lack and scarcity um tied to people's emotions and to the the work that you do um and you know yeah, just in the work that you do with Tantra. Uh, yeah, I think there's a, a lot of self-worth and worthiness conversations that go on in, in my work. Um, and when you're looking at the chakras, it's it's a root chakra issue. Um, there's a lot of imbalance in the root chakra that can happen. Um, one of my teachers said that, you know, the root chakra is like the basement, right? And it's where all the gunk from all the other chakras end up coming down because it's really, it is your foundation, right? I was talking about foundations and relationships, but this is a foundation of you, how stable and strong do I feel with my feet planted on this ground, with me sitting with my spine erect meditating? Do I feel like nothing can knock me off my pedestal here? Or will the slightest thing push me off? Is my mind constantly going to what ifs and, and how will I ever have enough? So when you look at the root chakra, it is your, your, your home, right? If you don't have a stable home, and I'm talking about, you know, your parents were fighting all the time, people were leaving, there was abuse, things like that. That's something you get to heal and work on because that's going to come from the root. And we're constantly trying to move in the spiritual realm from the root upwards, right? We're breathing our energy up. We're moving to the higher chakras, those that choose to do that. So when we're talking about money, that is trust, right? I'm trusting that I give you money and it's worth something and we're making deals and we're, we're being our word. That's really what money has become is its trust. And 
again, root chakra is trust, it's security, it's safety. It is where you'll have abundance and or scarcity issues. And if you don't feel like you create your own reality and you absolutely are manifesting everything in your life, you're going to fall victim to, well, A, you're going to have an imbalanced root chakra, which you can work on, but B, you're going to fall victim to the fact that you are powerless, right? You can't create money. You can't call in abundance. And I go through ebbs and flows, but I always know that like, I'm going to be good, right? I mean, sometimes I'll have an overflowing amount of abundance and it's just a beautiful wave I'm riding. And then sometimes like right now where, you know, the world's gone a bit crazy. There's a lot of things going on that's affecting my personal finances. And it's like, well, wait a second. I thought I made all the right moves. I thought I've invested in everything. And well, the crypto market tanks, the stock market tanks. And now it's like, what do I do? Do I panic and sell? Do I question my own worthiness? I mean, there's people that literally like, jump out of windows because they lose their their money and in the end we get to realize that money is not our currency crypto and all that it's fine it's fun it could be a profession for people it could be an investing thing but that's not our worth that is not what we're here to create in this world our currency is our thoughts right it's what can i manifest in my mind and have the vehicle be my languaging so with my clients i'm constantly correcting languaging right do you know how many times someone will be like well, you know, you know, when you're like talking to someone, but you don't really want to share your deepest vulnerabilities. And I'm like, no, that doesn't happen to me. Why aren't you saying I? Because you're talking about your experience, right? So I help people shift the use because you're taking away your ownership of that experience and move to an I, right? So the I-ness and the I am, at two of the most powerful words in the English language is like, I am creator, right? I am God. I am goddess. I am abundant, right? You get to own all of that and start to see that your true currency, the true value, the true godliness within you is your thoughts. So working on your thoughts will help create better languaging also. And from there, it's like, well, it's just a amount of how much money do I want? How much abundance do I want? How well do I want to do? How wise will I be with my decisions in investing and knowing that I'm going to be good no matter what? So I hope that answers your question, but maybe there, there's a few more from that. No, no, that's definitely a good, uh, a good way to, to put it as far as you know, the root chakra and um, your foundation feeling trusting. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's totally all related to, to our money and to our, our positioning um, with the, the, the economy around us. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I necessarily have a follow-up question for it, but well, maybe I do. What is the, the, the blockage that you see in most people um, when, you, when you go into these things? Is there um, is this a specific type of, of, of trauma or is there a specific type of upbringing um, that, that's kind of something you see continuously that's more directly related to, to money? And, and the reason that I'm asking this is just for, you know, one, for the viewers, I'm sure they can learn something, but also for kind of my own understanding. And I, I love seeing the different, you know, the frameworks and lenses that people um, look through and, and, and see through when it comes to um, it comes to these you know, type of conversations and these type of topics, because, uh, you know, coming from yoga training and, you know, also understanding like subconscious programming kind of the metaphysical side, uh, which is all related in a, in a way. So it's, it's just interesting to see how, you know, you kind of work with your clients, um, you know, directly and certainly ownership is, you know, a, a big part of it, you know, taking that responsibility, um, you know, and, and something, you know, affirmation, I am abundant, I am peace, love. Um, you know, all of those, taking ownership of all of those, all of those feelings. And I guess I can speak to my experience 
to maybe more so um, help with it with an answer to formulate. Um, I go through these affirmations constantly, you know, usually on a daily basis, sometimes even twice a day if I'm when I'm you know, super consistent. That's my attention is in the morning and in the evenings. Um, but I still notice my my mind just thinking of a certain thing. And a lot of the times what happens is my mind will kind of just have the thoughts. Speaking of money, it will just run the program of this is how much money I have to me right now. Like whether the numbers in my bank account, my crypto portfolio, um, whatever other investments I have, whatever assets I have. It's like my mind is just constantly like gauging that as like, okay, that's the money that's available to me. And then it's like, on top of that, it's like, okay, this is how long it could last. And then it's on top of that is like, well, if the crypto market does this, then this could happen. But I seem to still have this struggle of like thinking like even bigger, like I feel, I feel the abundance. I know that, you know, my abundance comes from within me and it's my connection to my heart and, and others and just the, the whole cosmic, you know, energy that's flowing through me. That's, that's my abundance. But as far as like on the physical plane, it's, there's still this, um, yeah, just these programs. And, and I know that's what it is, is it's programs. Um, so yeah, I kind of had a question in there at the beginning, but you know, maybe if you I, just... I got you. I got a few things to say about things you said. And one, I'm going to challenge, not you, but whoever does affirmations. I kind of think affirmations are a bit of bullshit. You know, it's like, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am, which is great. I love the I am, but it's not about saying it. It's not about standing in front of a mirror. It's, a, it's about being it right? The doingness of that Lamborghini. So I'm going to like do all the things I got to do to have a Lamborghini. And it's like, well, no, 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 you'll lose that Lamborghini in no time. What you need to do is step into the beingness of someone that has a Lamborghini, the beingness of success, the beingness of loyalty, the beingness of integrity, right? When you step into that, you don't need to say affirmations and you never see rich people running around saying affirmations that I am rich. They're not saying it because they're just being it. The universe doesn't need to hear you say it out of your mouth. It needs to see you actually being it. So that's one area that I feel like I don't waste my time with, with affirmations. Maybe it works for people, but for me, I want to step into it. When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to like consciously be like, all right, what do I need like right now? And if my beingness is like, I need to be abundant as hell. I want to put on my imaginary abundance suit and just be like, okay, I'm God. I am the creator of my own reality and I'm going to be abundant today. And what does that mean I'm going to do? Maybe I'm going to be disciplined. Maybe I'm going to be on time for all my meetings. Maybe I'm going to be creative and create a new product. Maybe I'm going to market myself. Maybe I'm going to take a self-care day. But whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to be it first and then do it. And then I'm going to have all those things that I want to have on the outside, um, whether it's material things or, or um, you know, the relationship that I want. All of those things, I'm going to have it. But I'm going to have it from a place of beingness in that it's going to be there for the long term. Right. So there's easy ways to shift your doing this without even being conscious to it. And that's how, you know, if you look at anyone um, who's like poor, who wins the lottery, that money's gone within a year. It's like a proven fact. You could see all the research that's gone within a year. Why is that? Because their beingness is still of someone who is poor or, or in scarcity. Right. So no matter what you give them, they're going to find a way to lose it if their beingness doesn't shift into I'm abundant, like I am successful, I am whatever the, the beingness words that you want to create, right? So in the end, it's about how you're being more than anything else. Um, and getting back to now the crypto side of things and like attachment to money and what kind of what you were saying is like, I once did an ayahuasca journey where I literally was purging. And as I was purging, all I kept seeing was my like coin tracker portfolio 
like numbers, like all this. I was literally purging, not like what Bitcoin is or what, you know, all the crypto is. It was like literally my obsession with like refreshing my numbers and what are they now? And like, ooh, oh, everything's up. I feel rich. Ooh, everything's down. I feel, and it's like, this is nothing. I've now just attached myself to numbers that really mean nothing. And when I say nothing, I mean, some of this stuff's monopoly money and we're literally creating our worth based on it. So to step away from that and be like, let it be. It is what it is. I'm going to trade. I'm going to do the things I want to do, but it's not me, right? I am something else, right? I am abundant. I am love. I am loyal. I am trusting. This is the stuff that actually is me. And with all of that, the rest is going to take care of itself, right? But I'm also going to be savvy, right? I'm not just going to like throw all my money into one of these like Bitcoin pyramid schemes. I'm going to be really smart and own my own Bitcoin and have it in a secure wallet and, and all these kind of things, right? So to, to really like let go of the idea that you are those numbers or that you are your, your, your net worth and step into like, I am God. I like, when I say goddess to women, I'm not saying it as this like cheesy spiritual thing. I'm like, you literally are the creator of your own reality. And when we think of God, that's what a God does, right? They literally create the world. They're not sitting there questioning themselves. They're not going, well, I'm going to go create a bunch of animals today, but oh man, my crypto's down. So ugh, I'm just going to sit in bed and mope, right? It's yeah. your power. You can never give your power away to anyone unless you, you know, unless you give it to them. And the same thing with crypto and, and your net worth and money and all these material things. I feel bad for people. I feel bad when like you create your worth around that. And, you know, Eckhart Tolle said it. He's like, you know, attachment is the first step towards suffering. So notice where you're attached um, to anything and start to detach from it in the sense that you can still have it in your life and it's great, but whether it's there or not, you're still awesome. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are all awesome. And <laughs> I think, I think Buddha even says it too, that the attach, attachment um, is this the root of suffering. Yeah, so. probably it was Buddha. Everything I think was Buddha first. Now everyone just changes it a little and now it's their quote, but <laughs> now I, I heard him say, maybe he said Buddha too, but yeah, it's so funny now. Cause it's like, there's so many quotes where you look them up and it's like seven different people apparently said it. And I'm like, I don't even know who to quote on this. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And I wish, dude, I, I wish there was like an easy route to, for, cause you know, we were both coaches and um, you know, I coach people more so on, on crypto and um, you know, financial literacy and, and just money, you know, abundance mindset. And I wish there was like an easy formula and maybe there is, and I just haven't discovered it yet, but to, to be able to teach someone basically what you're saying to, to detach themselves from that portfolio. But and a lot of the clients I have come, come to me are, you know, they're not, you know, they're not millionaires. Most of them are, you know, they're entrepreneurs or they're, they're nomadic, they're the yoga teacher. Um, you know, they, they're in probably less than hundred K a year for the, for the most part. So they're, they're not in this, you know, so much of the abundant mindset anyway. So they're kind of coming to crypto um, to run from something, you know, to run from that scarcity. And they're like, Oh, crypto is going to be the thing that makes me, you know, abundant. And, I see the relation to, you know, to wanting to get into crypto and also having the more of the abundance advantage and learning a new opportunity, learning a, a new way to invest and how to, you know, take control of your own economic value and your sovereignty and understand these new financial markets. But I also see that, you know, people are putting a lot, they put a lot of expectation into, into that. And I know that in the future, just because of my experience that, you know, it's there, we are going to have these crashes just like we're kind of having right now. And it's, you know, if you attach a lot of your, if you attach a lot of your abundance and your, your future outcome into that, then it's, it's going to be detrimental. And I've gone through those emotional waves plenty of times. Um, 
so yeah, that's, you know, that's something that I, I totally, you know, put in my coaching and you know, I try to help people with is, you know, this isn't um, a get rich quick scheme. This isn't something that's going to, you know, bring you abundance overnight. It's very possible that it could, if we position ourselves correctly, but this is a long-term, you know, thing. And this is just one more, um, you know, avenue to bring in abundance. but more importantly, you know, as these, you know, technologies progress and as the entire de decentralized space progresses, we're creating economic systems that are, you know, completely sovereign and are outside of any type of, you know, centralized governance you know, system. And I think that's tied to spirituality in a, in a deep way um, with allowing us to, to be sovereign and, you know, store and control our own energy and having, you know, um, a voice and, and how that's, how that energy is used in, in different systems. Um, so I, I, that's how I feel personally, the, the importance um, of crypto, but of course there's, you know, the volatility around it too. Uh, like, you know, like we're both speaking to, but um, just to kind of start to wrap up here, Justin, what is, and I'm sure you've, you've explained it and may, maybe it's the breath work, but you know, question I always ask my guests is what is the most powerful self-love practice that you have for yourself? Mm. You know, what's something that I kind of didn't get into right when we were talking about um, issues around money and scarcity and all that is also probably this answer is having a happy, shameless uh, intimacy and sexual life, right? Like people don't look at that necessarily as self-love, but isn't self-pleasure self-love? Isn't connecting and intimacy with others self-love? So doing that in a way that's loving to myself, that's healing to myself, that's supportive to myself is super powerful. Not only does it open up uh, tons of bliss and pleasure, but Tantra teaches us we manifest with our sexual energy, right? So if we can manifest babies and orgasms some of the best feelings in the world some of the most magical experiences why couldn't we also set an intention around our sexual energy and manifest through that but i love myself by pleasuring and being in a space of self-acceptance and connection and presence with both myself and others and it's such a fun and beautiful way to do that i really coach my clients into exploring what really works for them, right? Like, I'll admit it. I'm not a yogi. I'm not doing yoga every day. It's not that I don't like it. It's just that I just, it doesn't call me every day to do it. And I know you do it and you love it. And like, that's your thing. And that's perfect. For me, my thing has really been around connecting deep conversations with people, uh, being free, like what brings me freedom. All of that is self-love for me. You know, I go to the nude beach here in, in Florida, like all the time, right? that's self-love for me. You know, I'll go to uh, cool kind of kinky parties or burner parties and stuff. That's like healing for me. And it's wild to think that your journey and your healing and your self-love can be these kind of like out there fun experiences with other people, or it could be having a beautiful self-pleasure ritual with yourself where you explore your deepest, darkest fantasies and see what's in that for you. You know, um, I heard someone say once when the, where there's horniness, there's healing. So. I, I would urge people to look at self-love as more than like having a self-care day, which is great. And more than like doing the deep spiritual work, which is also great, but also like spirituality and sexuality are two sides of the same coin. So to actually feel into having a open and free and removing the shame around your sexual energy and sexuality in whatever ways that you want to work with it, to me, that is self-love and man, I'm very happy in my life. And most people I know that have very happy and again, free, expressive and shame-free 
uh, sex lives are very happy and also very abundant, thriving in their lives. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> not sense. a lot of people would answer that question that way, but I'm going for it. And you know what? It's not talked about enough how the correlation between a happy, healthy, again, not like addicted and not like obsessive, but a really healthy, balanced sex life and, and self-pleasure uh, rituals can actually create so much love, so much abundance and so much joy in people's lives. Yeah, it's certainly something that's not, it's not talked about very often. Um, yeah, it's a, you know, I mean, you're the first guest that's, that answers the question in that, that fashion. So, um, which, you know, I kind of expected it. So, um, welcome. <laughs> um what's, uh, yeah, just, just, just to continue to wrap up, maybe, maybe share like a couple of resources, um, could be your own, your own stuff, um, or the things that have really inspired you. Um, I know you mentioned, uh, you mentioned one of the, the breath works or the, um, the, the, the event that you had went to. Uh, but maybe some books or even, you know, a, a study or, or something, something that's really, um, that's really impacted your life and has really, you know, made some shifts, shifts for you that, um, that you would recommend for the listeners. Um, let's see, I'd say one book that I recommend most often, um, mainly to my male clients, um, is The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. It's just like, to me, you have to read that book and really start to understand the flow of the masculine and feminine energy within us and within relationships. I've also recommended that book to lovers of mine that are female, and um, they absolutely kind of, it's almost like a cheat sheet to, to work with if you're partnered with a man, a wannabe, to kind of understand how that dance is. And I think that's one of the books that's affected me most. Um, what else? I would say um, going to events, workshops, and festivals of things that you truly enjoy. I think a lot of people kind of get caught in like, okay, like I'm into sound healing, so that's why I'm going to do all the sound healings. Or like, okay, I'm going to go to every like potluck vegan thing or every yoga thing, and that's that's kind of where it is. But start to see like, what else is there outside of that? Like, have you ever been to like a fetish factory party, which is something around here where it's like a fetish BDSM kind of experience? Maybe get out of your comfort zone. Maybe going to um, a Tantra workshop, right? That's a little scary. Maybe it's one where you might have to partner up with someone. Could you like work up that experience? But like most of my um, most healing and memorable experiences haven't been books or courses. They've been going to like the Tantra festival in Sweden, for example, and like embodying all these amazing things and feeling it with other people who are just as like nervous maybe, or just as like, flowing with love to experience that with others. Um, other resources, I mean, I, my Instagram is Tantra Love Coach, and I'm constantly writing and putting out everything I can to that platform um, to share with people and hopefully to ease them into experiencing Tantra in their own life, whatever that looks like for them. My way that I've found to be most effective is a Tantra massage that I offer. I offer a three-hour session, and it is a bit of everything, kind of like we talked about earlier. Um, you know, we do some coaching, um, we do some work around boundaries and desires, there's breath work in it, there's different exercises based on what I've learned about you and what your intention is for the experience. And then it goes into a Tantra massage, which is, you know, very vulnerable, right? You want to be vulnerable? Well, this is vulnerable from the, the mind, the body and the spirit, right? Typically, my clients are fully nude. It's a full body massage. It typically involves a massage of all areas of the body. So, 
we're talking about an experience where you're completely just going to surrender and trust and allow your body to show you what it needs to show you rather than kind of being like, well, I'm going to figure this out. And this is the result I expect I should have. I tell everybody that comes into my sessions that um, welcome, whatever comes up, trust, don't have any expectations. And, um, you know, know that whatever comes up is perfect for you, right? You can have an experience in a Tantra massage that is extremely pleasurable and blissful, totally peaceful and relaxed. You could have a psychedelic type experience, and you could have, of course, an orgasmic, pleasure-filled, blissful experience that unlocks so much within you. So um, it's an amazing way to experience who you are, where you're at in that moment, and also where you want to be. So um yeah, I would, I would honestly say the number one thing to do that I, that's changed my life is to experience a Tantra massage uh, session with someone you trust, with someone that you've done your research on. They're not just some random person saying they'll give you a Tantra massage, but someone who's been trained and studied this work and has a platform or somewhere where they're actually putting it out there. So, um, yeah, and of course, if anyone wants to experience that with me or experience any of my love coaching in that realm... Um, certainly reach out to me. And I think it's a great combination with what Andrew does in, you know, guiding people into understanding crypto, because if you're not looking at it now, I, I'm sorry, but you're going to be left behind because I've been investing in crypto since 2017 and it's changed my whole life. And to see what's possible in the world, like really making a shift, if you're upset about what's happening in the world and the war going on and these things, I think you got to look at crypto. So to combine that work with Andrew and then to combine the mindset and the spiritual um, sacred sexual work with what I do is, is absolutely um, going to be life-changing. Yeah. I, I love that. I love how you, you, you yeah, you relate those two. Um, maybe we can do some, do some events or retreats or something together when you, when you uh, have your setup there in Costa Rica. I think and so. But I also intentionally kind of re reframe that question. Usually my question is just like, hey, what books would you recommend? But I feel like the, the depth of this conversation and the dynamic and that's, that's why I asked like the experience. And I love your answer about not just the Tantra massage and your work, but also just about going out and actually experiencing, you know, a, a festival or a retreat or, you know, really, really immersing yourself in the experience um, just because of the depth and the, the integration that you're able to, to, to have, um, you know, in, in the experience itself versus just listening or, or reading. Um, so, yeah, man, thank you for sharing and thank you for, for the answers um, to that. Yeah, to that. And that was a, a epic, epic answer, both on the self-love and, and the, the, the resources and experience. Um, so I know you mentioned your Instagram. Uh, we'll put that link in the, in the description of the podcast. Um, is that the, the best people place for people to connect with you is Instagram? Yeah. If you Google Tantra Love Coach, I'm there, tantralovecoach.com. I'm uh, at Tantra Love Coach on Instagram. I have Facebook, Tantra Love Coach. I don't really do too much on there. But yeah, check out my website. Definitely follow me on Instagram. And I'm very accessible if you're interested in learning about what my Tantra massage stuff is, as well as any of my coaching work. Um, and I'll be doing more and more workshops, retreats. So Stay posted with me on Instagram at Tantra Love Coach, and you'll be plugged into all the juicy, sacred, sexual, tantric work that's going on. Thank you so much, Justin. And yeah, this was a, certainly a, a, a deep, uh, vulnerable conversation, um, as you know, the Tantra work is. So I hope you guys really, you know, maybe maybe expanded yourself. Maybe this conversation was a little uncomfortable. Maybe there was some something that came up for you. Um, you know, and you know, I'm, I'm sure that we can all relate in, the, in that way as well. You know, the more that we drop into these intimate um, places in ourselves, you know, it it it, it brings up um, it brings up emotions, and 
Um, sometimes those are uncomfortable, but you know, it's all healing and it's all part of you know that expansion within ourselves. So yeah, please you know feel free to definitely follow Justin, connect with him, and then check out his work. Um, personally, it's I, I know it's and I know it's amazing, and I've only I feel like I've only had a, a small taste of it. Um, so yeah, looking forward to to more of that. And um, yeah, thank you all for for listening and, and giving your time and attention to to the, the episode. And we'll see you guys um, yeah in the, in the next one. Peace and love. Thank you all. Thank you, Andrew.